Amen. For these next couple of days, we are wanting to focus our sessions on some practical things around the prophetic. Now, that's a huge, big, broad brush. And, and so as, as leaders and people who are in business and marketplace, um, that we're, we're going to look at particularly, because this is prayer and equipping, I, we just felt like we wanted to just spend some time talking about equipping and developing prophetic giftings in our local churches and in our lives. Um, how can we play a part in seeing the prophetic developed in our churches? We hope this is going to be some practical encouragement and resources for shaping the prophetic in our local churches. So in this session, I want to do just a number of things. First of all, I want to share a prophetic word that's sort of shaping what's in my heart right now. And I want to share a bit of my own prophetic journey as to what has brought me here today. Also want us to consider some of the challenges that we face in the prophetic. And I want to give us a framework for the prophetic so that we can move forward together with a common language. So I want to start with a prophetic word that God just uh, stirred in my heart last year around the time of the leadership conference. And I believe it's applicable for this time that we're in. Um, Leviticus chapter 25, not your most regular place you'll prophesy from, but Leviticus 25 is speaking about the year of Jubilee. It was a period of inactivity, the seventh year. And there was a period before that time and a period after that time. And so this is where I want to pick it up in verse 20. And if you say, what shall we eat in the seventh year if we may not sow or gather in our crops? I'll command my blessing on you in the sixth year. That's before. So that it'll produce a crop sufficient for three years. When you sow in the eighth year, that's after, you'll be eating some of the old crop. You will eat the old until the ninth year when the crop arrives. Before the season of inactivity, there was a time of blessing, of great blessing that produced multiple seasons of provision. But there was an overlapping of the proceeds of the old crop overlapping the season of sowing of the new. Can you see that? I believe that we've been eating the provision of, of previous years of prophetic words from Keith Hazel, Julian Adams, and others, a season of prophetic blessing that has produced a crop spanning many seasons. The old is sustaining us in the season of seemingly inactivity in, in, in the prophetic, but the sowing of uh, the new crops, I believe, will overtake the provision of the former seasons. I believe God is saying that there's... That, what seems right now lean years of prophetic activity is a season where I'm germinating multiplication of fresh prophetic expression. This is a season of sowing and God's calling us as leaders, as husbandmen to walk in your fields and look for the young shoots, encouraging them, building greenhouses around them, putting up frameworks of support for them, there will arrive a crop of multiplication of prophetic revelation as well as gifting. I believe this is part of a multiplication in the seasons ahead of evangelists, pastors, teachers, apostles, and prophets, a harvest of fivefold expression and gifting. I believe this is a new season of many that will overtake the former season where there were a few. So I believe we're in a season where the emphasis on the prophetic is to raise up a new prophetic expression. 
Kind of like if you consider in sports, there might be seasons where a team is in sort of championship expression, championship seasons. And then there comes a season where there's a bit of a rebuilding. And there's a different coaching. There's different players involved. And I believe that a lot of what we're gonna sh- I'm going to share this, morning, this afternoon has been shaped out of my own journey in the prophetic. I came to New Hope Christian Center in Lethbridge, Alberta, Canada from, through some friends, and I met a character named Keith Hazel, who I first met when he was on television. It was actually, first, he didn't speak very well of people on television, but he himself, they had a community TV show, and there was this English guy on black and white TV that was talking about the gospel in, in our town in Lethbridge. But Keith was the senior leader of the church in Lethbridge where we were. And my first expression my first exposure to prophetic ministry was during the mid-80s. And that was during, there, there was times we would have prophetic gatherings where the whole church would gather together what we called presbyteries. So what they would do is they'd gather the whole congregation together after some time of praying and preparation, and they would have these prophets that would stand up at the front, in front of the whole church, and the leaders would bring and present leaders and individuals for the prophets to prophesy over publicly. So during this time, Keith, Keith spoke in his book about there being these traveling prophets because there, there were very few prophets in America and Canada at the time and even around the world that were actually doing New Testament prophecy. And Keith spoke about this in his book, but the first prophetic words I received was this kind of language, touched by the Lord as a child and brought to the Lord even in recent years. The Lord has touched thy life. For wherewithal shall a young man cleanse his ways, but by taking heed there unto my word, says the Lord. A vessel, yea, ready for the master's use. And I remember one part of it where one of these prophetic guys said, young man, you're like one that is dipping his toe in the swimming hole and God says to jump in. Well, as a young man, I thought that meant that I should start dating this girl, but that was not the right, that was not, that was not the right interpretation. So I learned how to properly weigh prophetic during that time. In his book, he talked about, even then, the challenge of raising up and training homegrown prophetic ministry as this generation of traveling ministries was growing old. In those half a dozen prophetic people that were traveling around, there were only one or two of them that actually produced spiritual sons, and I'm thankful that Keith was one of them. At the Church at New Hope, we didn't have a prophetic team or prophetic group We were more of a prophetic people. It was a regular expression for us to prophesy and we prayed for one another in small groups, after service ministry times, and during communion on Sunday Sunday evenings. I remember learning how to hear God in just those younger years where where the feedback was, that sounded good at the beginning, but you kind of went on your own words afterwards, those sort of learning to, to, to express the heart of God. I learned that from that experience, the importance of creating a safe environment for people, that, that the confident, having the confidence to step out and take small risks in a safe environment. We were taught and encouraged that prayer is a two-way dialogue with God, and we were encouraged to take times in our prayer time to journal and to write our own thoughts as well as God's thoughts. And I remember one of those times just learning to step out on Sunday morning, and it's one of those moments in worship that you, know, you get one word. And the word that I got was extol. So I did the biblical thing, and I looked in the back of my concordance, and I just looked through all the verses around extol, and just kind of my my heart stopped at one of the verses. 
And I kind of read, I thought, okay, this kind of, I'll, maybe I'll just go up and share this. And so I went up and, and just sort of shared this, just, you know, stepping out, taking risks. And so I just stepped out and I shared this, this scripture and I just sat down. Well, the speaker at the time just says, um, I just want to thank Mike for stepping out and sharing that. Um, God kind of changed my message this morning and he gave me that verse to be able to share. And so just learning to be able to step out and take risks in obscure situations. In the midst of being a prophetic people, our group of churches would have these presbyteries, these gatherings around prophets and prophetic ministry. And there were senior prophets and senior prophetic ministry that came alongside emerging prophetic giftings to work together. And one of the jewels of Keith's discipleship is the way that he made space alongside what he was doing simply being himself, simply being in a prophetic environment. And one of the things that I learned the most that I I follow today is he would say, just come along. You don't have to say a word. Just sit and listen, and you'll start to get in the flow of the prophetic without having the pressure to be able to say anything. And just those opportunities gave gave me a place to be able to, to realize that there wasn't any formal classroom with Keith that there's some teachings and things he did in the later years, but his whole life was a lesson for those that he related around him. And I remember just some opportunities, again, just having opportunities to come and sit in the front row during one of these presbytery times, and he just said, if you want to come up and share something, you can. And having that environment, to be able to step out and take risks in a safe environment was a really important thing. A movement reproduces itself after its own leadership. And we were part of a group of churches that Keith had sort of helped to develop called Lifelinks. And there was a lot of prophetic people in that, in that group. And one of the challenges is that there were a lot of these prophetic words that wasn't anything being done with. And so the prophetic needs to have apostolic application and action. And I know that Keith flourished. He loved being in New Frontiers churches because he would say, you know, you prophesy and they do it. It's really exciting. So just to be able... <laughs> And it sounds like just something we take for granted, but that is a gift that we have is that we hear God and we do it. That's part of the apostolic and prophetic working together. So myself and Jeremy grew up and others traveling around with these other mature prophetic ministries. And I remember even just those times when you're just trying to step out and trying to hear God. And and I remember being in one of the meetings that we were sitting there and you know, beforehand, you're just trying to hear God. God, is that you? God, is that me? And I'm just, my mind's just going everywhere. And I kind of felt God say, just relax. I'm not saying anything right now. (laughs) We grow by doing. And I think that's one of the greatest things that sometimes we say, give us a formula for how do we grow and learn in the prophetic, that we grew by learning. But being in a culture of safe opportunities, that, but then we're also we're thrown in. I remember one time when, when Keith was sharing and he brought us along and he said, okay, we're going to prophesy everyone in the church. I just want you to line up along the rows and I'm going to start over here and Mike and so-and-so are going to start over here. And so this opportunity just to be thrown into things. And I remember going over to Keith and I whispered in his ear, could I have a mint? And he thought I said, could you stand with me? He says, you'll be all right, brother. You're fine. And I said, no, I just wanted a mint. And so just this opportunity to grow together with other mature gifting, I think is a real important part of it. In 1997, in our church in Medicine Hat, I was ordained as a prophet and a teacher by Keith and some others. At the time, this is 18 years ago, it was a label that I wasn't fully walking in. And like David, where you're anointed, but it's not something you don't fully live into, into possibly years ahead. It was a label I wasn't yet living. The pressure of living under a label was was a real challenge. And we throw around the word prophet many times. And 
And I think we, we mean well, but it, one, it can devalue it, but also it puts pressure on individuals to perform rather than rising to the level of gifting that God has for them. And there are many different kinds of prophets and prophetic ministry. I, I know Keith is, would, would have been considered quite an apostolically prophetic person. He could look at a map and move things around and shift things around. I tend to be more of a pastorally prophetic person where I tend to, I read hearts and, and, and sense God's heart more for people than I do necessarily for countries and places. But I have a confidence today in a piece that one of my things and one of my hearts is for us to equip prophetic ministry to emerge in these days. So over these past four years, we've been kind of working in Lowestoft Community Church just to encourage and shape the prophetic to grow and to emerge out of the church. And there are a number of challenges that we face in the prophetic, challenges to see how we'll, how we'll serve now our current situation and mission. There aren't enough prophetic individuals to serve every church. A full-time traveling prophetic expression is not always sustainable. The challenges to raise up homegrown prophetic ministries and prophets is before us. We want prophetic ministry to flow out of our local churches and to come out of church life. Unlike things like doctrine and theology, we sometimes feel ill-equipped to gather and develop the prophetic. There's a significant amount of time for a prophetic gifting to mature. But if we gather, if we just simply take a strategy and gather just simply all those that are prophetic now, we gather one generation. But if we can somehow gather multiple generations and encouraging those to hear God, to grow up in the prophetic, at the same time of gathering those that are existing, we actually can then start to have multiple generations of the prophetic in the days ahead. So we actually have production and planting at the same time. If we're honest, those with a measure of prophetic gifting have been left to cut their own trail. And those as churches trying to figure out and sort out how to handle contributions, we've sort of been left to ourselves. There's been a lack of continuity of training towards encouraging and growing in the prophetic. There are great churches like Bedford that are offering great training and opportunities for, for prophetic individuals to gather. But for me, it's like going out for a meal instead of cooking something yourself at home. We want something cooking in our own kitchens with our own individual ingredients. I believe that it's in God's heart for us in this day to raise up prophetic ministry with a complement of prophetic strategy as well as, as pastoral teaching and evangelistic expression. Prophetic that opens up hearts, that opens up, um, opens up souls to Christ and opens up the word of God in a prophetic way. Keith Hazel in 2004 shared a word that we're in a time of passing the mantle from an Elisha group of prophetic people to an Elisha group. And he talks about it's a kind of thing where the mantle is passing to a company of people where the prophetic is dedicated to building the church and not burning the church. There are, there's a whole thing in this beginning to arise where God is going to look at Elisha who dealt with more real problems than confrontations. He made bitter water sweet and he got families back together and he made people who were hungry fed and he, he actually, and he was actually a much more personable person. He's talking about we have a whole different face of the prophetic ministry. The interesting thing that I found, that was 2004 and he was speaking over some individuals, I think it was in Lowestoft. And in 2003, we were living in Sheffield, Ruth and I. 
And if you just sort of step back and see God's economy and all this, that Keith actually had a word for me in 2003. I knew nothing and we had no context for us being a part of here today. But he talked about, God says that there's going to be, a, 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 pardon me, to be particularly people of a younger generation, a new generation that need to be released in the prophetic. As a Timothy, as one of the generations upon whom this has fallen, God's going to call you to release a generation of people in this nation who are young men and women called to prophetic ministry, called to speak to their generation, called to speak in new dimensions, not called just to stand up in front of meetings and do what, what we're doing here, but called to communicate prophetically in a whole different realm. In these challenges we face, I just want to suggest today that we need a clear framework for us in our local churches to be able to work in. This framework will give us common language and a common vision as to how we'll see this grow. And for the remainder of this session, I just want to look briefly in Ezekiel 37, if you want to head there. As you look at this framework today, you're going to have lots of questions about details, like how, how is this going to be done? And I just want to set you up is the fact that this framework that I want to set right now, we want to give some details in the sessions to follow in these next couple of days, but also in the days ahead. It'll help us to understand, for instance, we've had these hear events about hearing the voice of God. It helps us to understand how is that going to fit in the overall strategy of seeing the prophetic raised in our local church. We want to see the prophetic not as something that we receive, but something that we're all playing a part of. So Ezekiel 37, we have the classic story of the Valley of Dry Bones. The hand of the Lord was upon me, and he brought me out in the spirit of the Lord and set me down in the middle of the valley. It was full of bones. And he led me around amongst them, and behold, there were very many on the surface of the valley, and behold, it was very dry. And he said to me, Son of man, can these bones live? And I answered, O Lord God, you know. And then he said to me, Prophesy over these bones, and say to them, O dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Verse 7. So I prophesied as I was commanded. And as I prophesied, there was a sound, and behold, a rattling, and the bones came together, bone to its bone. And I looked, and behold, there were sinews on them, and flesh had come upon them, and skin had covered them, but there was no breath in them. And he said to, the, said to me, prophesy to the breath, prophesy, son of man, and say to the breath, thus says the Lord God, come from the four winds, O breath, and breath, breathe on these slain that they may live. So I prophesied as he commanded me, and the breath came upon me, and they lived and stood on their feet, an exceedingly great army." I want to suggest three stages that we go through in developing the prophetic. I want to take us from a place of saying, how do we take people that are regular, thriving members of our church into a place where God willing and however God determines, they can grow into a developed prophetic gifting and ministry amongst our local churches. First of all, we see that it was, full of, it was a valley full of bones. They were disjointed. They were isolated. They lacked life. Those, were, those with prophetic gifting can struggle feeling isolated. As Mike said previously, being eccentric and isolated is not the norm. But God didn't say, just see these lovely bones, aren't they great? His intention were those bones to come together. In verse 3, and he said, son of man, can these bones live? And I answered, oh Lord God, you know. That's a good answer when God asks you a question. <laughs> can these bones live? It's almost as if he's saying to Ezekiel, Ezekiel, what do you see? When you look in your valley, when you look in your land, do you see dry bones or do you see life? 
We need sight. We need eyes of faith to see the individuals amongst the dry bones. We're confronted right now in everyday church life between the dry bones we see in the natural and the seeing life in the, in, with the eyes of the Spirit. Question might be to ask, in your group, is there prophetic life? Can these bones live? Our answer might be, oh Lord, you know. But I believe that God wants to start with us today to give us sight as leaders to be able to see those that God has raised up and encouraged in the prophetic. Then he says in verse 4, prophesy over these bones. And he said, oh, dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. The first stage is we need to help people to go from zero to hearing. And that's where we get the word here. Bones, hear the word of the Lord. The first stage is every believer understanding and walking in their inheritance. My sheep hear my voice, as we say. These bones represented people, a prophetic people. It started with a valley full of hearing. We want churches and those in business where hearing God is part of everyday life. My prayer this week is even those that are in market situations, in business, to come away with a greater sense of saying, God, what is your heart for my business? What is your heart for what, where I am? Hearing God shaping business of boardroom decisions, business initiatives, serving in our communities, breakthrough into difficult pastoral situations, simply speaking over a cup of coffee. Men and women in their workplace knowing what God's heart is for their situation. Tomorrow, I just have John Putman's going to be sharing with us about being a prophetic leader, how the prophetic's going to shape, help, help serve our other primary giftings. But this is where the here events we, that we're wanting to do start with. And we've been starting this in our own local church. Just um, about four years ago, we started uh, sort of a group of people that we just invited people who wants to learn to hear the voice of God. And we had about 50 people that just sort of gathered together and we just cultivated those individuals and just helped them to be able to hear God. And then just a couple of years ago, we did three Saturdays we called Here on Saturday Night. And so what, what we did with that, that produced two things. First of all, it demystified the prophetic. It made it an understanding that this is something that is part of our inheritance, part of our own expression of walk with God. It also stirred a new, fresh expression of the prophetic. Most of us will find that we have those that maybe have traditionally spoken, per, traditionally been prophetic in their churches, even though they might not have any living expression now. They sort of have this label of, well, that they, they've been prophetic in the years before, or they sort of have had a resident prophetic gift. But it gives opportunity for the, even these ones that have been prophetic to what I encourage them to do is like a computer press reset. I had one of our guys, he's, he's my hero, his name is Dave Jackson in our church. And Dave, when I was doing the first hear thing, he, I, I said, he came up to me, he says, you know, I'm more prophetic out on the street. You know, I don't necessarily prophesy in church very much. I like to go out in the street, so I don't know if this is for me, Mike. And I just said to him, I just said, Dave, I want to encourage you to do one thing. I want you to encourage you to press reset. And just believe God to be able to hear just a new, fresh expression of hearing God's voice. And it's been about two years, and he's just come through in just a, a richer sense of understanding, the sensitivity of, of just hearing God more clearly. And he's still got a passion to be out on the streets, but he's also finding what God's heart for speaking just over people in everyday life. 
But the thing about hearing God is it's not just a one-time event. I think in our local churches, I want to encourage us that it's going to be something that we do seasonally at different times because as new people come in and become believers, we want to have that regular teaching of that being part of our inheritance. So what we're proposing is that we have these events that we're kind of traveling around like the presence of God to or traveling to different regions, but we want to end up making it as a resource so that you can have it in your own local churches to be able to run. The heart of what we're looking to do in raising the prophetic is not that it's something that we go and watch something or go to a conference to do, but that we have the resources in our local churches to be able to offer this training in-house. And so even though we're sort of traveling around initially to be able to present this sort of vision of hearing God, it's something that we want to be able to have offered in our local churches. So it's something that we repeat seasonally. It's, it's speaking about relationship before gifting. Ezekiel was to prophesy over these bones. There was an activation of God's voice. And a lot of times we find that people are hearing God that they don't even realize that they are. It's just simply recognizing the voice that God is speaking. Hearing God relationally is the foundation for us to hear God for others. And that's what prophecy is all about. I'm explaining this. You might say, Mike, we know all this. But I, I wanted to explain this because so that we have a common framework, so that when we talk about having another here event, perhaps down, we're looking to do one down near Kent and Essex in the coming year and also onto, into other parts of Europe and so forth, that when you see that coming, you can say, ah, I understand. That's part of a bigger framework of what we're trying to do to build up the prophetic. Excuse me. So the first stage is that he, he said here, Dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. In verse 7, he says, And as I prophesied, there was a sound, and behold, a rattling. And the bones came together, bone to its bone. The outcome of when people start hearing is that bones start rattling. They go, what do I do with this? What do I do? Is this God? Is this me? And there's this sort of activity, of prophetic activity, that bones start rattling. And sometimes there have been individuals. I know one young man said, I, I, think, I, I think God's called me to prophetic ministry. And I said, okay, start rattling. It's just start, start stepping out, start listening and hearing God. I remember being at, um, we were visiting Camden a couple of years ago, and there was this one young lady came up and said, you know, I was, I was at home today, and I didn't have any money to be able to come to the meeting, and, and I just kind of felt this, I was praying, and I felt this voice say, you're going to have enough money to be able to go. And I went out, and my mom gave me some money. Is that okay? You know, this sort of, this sort of understanding, sort of everyday hearing God, and just understanding whether, is, is it what I'm hearing a true sound? So there was rattling. So we go from zero to hearing, and secondly, we then want to encourage people to be able to express properly what they're hearing. Learning to communicate what they're hearing. In verse 8, he says, And I look, and behold, there were sinews on them, and flesh and skin had covered them. Just quickly, there were three things here. When we start to gather people together, one of the things sinew does is bring connectivity. Bringing together the prophetic is an important part of helping them to grow. Um, after this session, after a break, Nigel Thomas from, from um, Tunbridge Wells is going to do a session on practically how do we develop and train the prophetic in our local churches. So that's some of the detail that I'm just giving here in this outline. Secondly, there was flesh. Flesh came upon them. There, that was humanity behind the gift. Christ became flesh and dwelt among us. There, we know that the prophetic is to encourage, comfort, and console. 
And those are hard expressions. And many times we find that we don't want scary bones prophecy. We want prophecy that has heart and flesh in it, humanity around it. And part of it is teaching people how to handle the gift in everyday life and in their own hearts. One of the things that we're facing right now, we'll maybe talk a little bit about it in Nigel's session, is that we have people who are prophetic, but I think one of the things that's hindering them is their confidence, their character, and their commitment. So we realize that there's actually character and discipleship issues behind just simply developing the gift. And that's where having flesh come into these bones brings us a place where we're teaching people to be um, human and to have heart in the midst of their gift. And the third thing there we see is that there's skin, not six of covering. That's relationship between leaders and prophetic people, which is always a fun thing to talk about. Good prophetic culture. And, and tomorrow, Jeremy Hazel is going to be uh, sharing by video on just helping leaders and prophetic people understand their responsibilities in contributions and on Sunday expressions and, and sharing the prophetic. But new prophetic ministry, believing for new bones to be rattling alongside the maturing of existing prophetic expression. And that requires two things. requires learning and it requires opportunity. The bones came together into a body. And so again, what we plan to do is, is Nigel's going to give some practical things about developing the prophetic in our local churches. But we also want to follow up, again, our long-term strategy is having kind of go through and to encourage everybody on hearing the voice of God. We want to come through and, and travel and give some resources of helping existing prophetic gifting in local churches to be able to be trained up and equipped and to have those resources available in our local churches. And thirdly, verse 10, so I prophesied as he commanded me, and the breath came upon into me, and into them, and they lived and stood at their feet, an exceedingly great army. So we go from zero to hearing and helping people understand their inheritance. We go and help them to express what they're doing by gathering them together into a family. And thirdly, I believe that we begin to refine the gifting by bringing them together in team. So what we're looking at here is the prophetic ministry refined in team. An army of bones is scary, but having a group of people that have undercovering and connectivity gives life. So what does that look like practically? What we're suggesting is the fact that in our local churches, there's probably an element where a person's gift grows to a certain degree in a local church context, and they need some other opportunities in wider context to be able to build relationship together and to be like Keith, like we had the benefit with Keith, to be alongside other mature prophetic ministry to run together. And so we want to encourage relationship together with those in churches to gather together uh, to develop some teams that will help to serve some of the greater needs of relational mission. Your relationship and expression starts locally, but can be encouraged in wider relationships. Now, we're not looking to define a relational mission team. One of the things that I find in, in the prophetic, and even as we we're developing, is that we weren't quick to call, this is our prophetic team, but we have gatherings together to be able to encourage the prophetic. And people will flow in and out of that as, as their life situations entail. But we're encouraging and we're stretching them, but keeping them rooted in their local churches. It's not a graduation to go from the local church into traveling ministry. But equally, our heart is that we would be able to help others such as Angela Kim and, and myself and Andy Moyle and Nigel and others that we're building together that, to be able to be a prophetic resource 
is that we want to be able to say, if we can, if we can help to encourage and strengthen some of your more mature prophetic giftings and people that are emerging, we will be able to encourage them and help them to be stronger in the local church context that they're in as well. Not simply being an extra church group. And we even had some of this last year at the church planning conference we were talking about is the fact that there was this, an opportunity that we actually, for all the different candidates in the different stages of church planning, whether they were starting right from scratch or just, just um, in a church plant, just getting started or having a more mature time with, with church planning, that we got a prophetic team together of about a half a dozen people and just prophesied together as a team. And there's great opportunities for prophetic ministry to grow in team. One of the last conversations that I had with Keith, I had the opportunity to be able to see him last year before he died. And I asked him one of my million pound questions, God, how, or uh, Keith, how do we, God, (laughs) just settle that, he's not. (laughs) How do you raise prophets? And I felt that what he was sharing was really, there isn't a formula. It's a, it's a gift from Christ that we need to identify. It's an emerging gift that we encourage, that we disciple, and we just let God bring that increase. But it's time and opportunity for that gift to emerge. It's that greenhouse where we build safe opportunities around our prophetic ministries, that we're encouraging them, that we're drawing them out, and we're giving opportunities for them, and then we're running together in team to be able to see mature prophetic ministry develop. So in summary, my my framework here that I want us to look at is building a prophetic framework in the local church starts with us throwing a wide net of us understanding our inheritance and having the resources in our local church to be able to to teach people how to express that well with the right heart and with the good culture in our local churches. So that every one of our relational mission churches, they say when, you, when the prophetic is handled in those churches, it's handled well and it's developed clearly. And then as prophetic ministry develops out of these local churches, that we actually can refine those giftings together by working together as churches to be able to build teams together to see those prophetic giftings developed and emerge. The vision that I want to present to you is this. To be a prophetic people where the prophetic is a natural part of everyday church life. That we have it in our conversations, in our small groups, that there's a hearing of God that's overall overall as an umbrella for our local churches. That there are local prophetic groups that are are raised up and encouraged to, to foster prophetic expression. That there's recognized prophetic ministry in each of our clusters. That whether we we see prophets in the days ahead, that's what I'm believing for. But for each of our clusters to have prophetic ministry that is mature and able to even sit with leaders and sit in, in situations to be able just to hear the voice of God together. And a team of prophetic ministries rooted in their local church and serving apostolic mission. And for us to see multiple harvests of people learning to hear, express, and refine prophetic gifting so that we don't just have this generation that's hearing God now, but over the next 10 or 20 years that we actually have people that are hearing and also being able to be mature prophetic ministry so that we can meet the needs of the apostolic mission that we're facing. And that is the challenge that we have. It's a strategy for us to grow from a few to many in the prophetic. 
Now, immediately, you might be starting to say, okay, that's great. Now, where are the details for more of this? And I just want to encourage you. I know you might have some questions right now. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to hold the questions at the moment because some of these other sessions, I think, are going to be able to speak into that, particularly with, with Nigel and some of the ones tomorrow. But what I want us to do, just for a few minutes if we can, is I'd like us to pray into this. I think it's important for us to understand that, we, first of all, we said at the very beginning that we as leaders need sight to be able to identify and see those around us that God's hand is upon prophetically. But also, I want us to pray and ask that God would give us our inheritance to be a prophetic people, that we have places to be able to foster and see the prophetic growing in our local churches. So will you stand with me just for a second if, you, if we can? What I'd like you to do is just to break up into twos and threes, if you don't mind. And I want us to pray for just a couple of things. I want, us, I want to pray, I want you, maybe God's put some individuals on your heart that you want to encourage in the prophetic. Maybe someone's face or someone's name's come to mind while you've been doing that. I want to encourage you just to pray for them today. I want to, if you are a church, you say, we don't have any part of the prophetic right now. I want us to pray together just and say, God, will you give us our inheritance that we can see in these days ahead from this moment, a prophetic ministry and expression come out of our local churches. Okay, so let's do that, if you can do that.
there's gonna be days like this Cause light and dark don't coexist How you gonna see through this fog? How you gonna get back on course? You ain't never gonna feel the force If you don't connect to a power source Cause you've been swapping out day for night But you see a lamp light burning bright If you take your flip-flops off the porch We're passing you the torch When the boys light up, you know Hello. There we go. Folks, while you're while you're still in your groups, can I just have your attention just for a second? Can I just can I just have your attention just for just for a second, just as we come just for our break? While you're still in your groups, I just I, I didn't want somebody to miss something that if they weren't gonna be here tomorrow. But there's something in my heart that I wanted to just share. And I felt like Isaac had in during Isaac's time, they re-dug the wells. 
and I just sort of felt as though that there might be, there's some individuals here that have been, had a prophetic expression that was richer in previous days than it is now. And I just equally just want to release a new expression and just for us to pray for those individuals that would say, you know, I need the wells to be redug. I need to be unstopped, those wells that are in my, in, in my heart. Even you might say that I'm one of those ones that probably are the older trees rather than the young shoots. I believe that God wants to raise up both in this time. He wants to re-fire those trees, wants to re-encourage. So I just want to ask that if that speaks to your heart right now, while we're praying together, can you just lift up your hand just so we can kind of gather together? Can you just lift up your hand and say, I need, I need a new expression of that gifting. Okay? Look around, just those that with their hand, those are around those people with their hands out. Can you just, let's take a moment, let's just press in for this. I'm just going to pray first of all. Father, in Jesus' name, I pray, Lord, that from what we're talking about today, this would not just be a theory. But, Father, this would be a powerful work of your spirit. Lord, I have faith that you can raise the water level of the prophetic even now in these people's lives that we're with today, Lord. In our lives today, Father, that the water level of the prophetic, Father, would rise in each individual here in Jesus' name. Father, you would unblock the wells. Father, you would loose the tongues that have been bound by fear, that have been bound by offense, that have been bound, Father, by circumstances. I pray you would unlock tongues. You would open the wells of hearts, Father, and you would let once again flow a fresh voice of your spirit in Jesus' name. Let's just pray for those individuals. Just press in for a few minutes.